Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. Hey, everybody, you're listening to the Work For It podcast. I'm Brian House. I'm joined in the studio with Ben Jammin, Butler, and Brian Cohn. But first, let me tell you about how this show exists. It exists based upon the beautiful people at Patreon who support our show. And like Dennis said in the beginning, for as little as $10.80 a year, you get 52 after shows and you get to hang out with us in the back end of Patreon. And uh, all that debauchery goes on in the back end of Patreon. We're doing knife collaboration work and talk a little bit more about deep dives into business development. And that turns that information turns from data into profit for you. And I guarantee you it will turn more than a $12 profit per year for you. If you join our Patreon, it would be much appreciated. And also, are you looking to create your opus, your most beautiful piece ever? Have you dreamed it up in your head? And you knew what it looks like in your mind, but you're like, damn it, I don't have a power hammer. I don't have a press. I don't have a forge. But you know who does? Coy and the boys over at BakerForge.com creating the most beautiful steels in the world. Yes, world-renowned. They are creating these things in their workshop with the hundreds and thousands of dollars worth of tooling that they have and their mastermind creator, Koi, coming up with the most awesome patterns in the world. And for as little as $100, I mean, as little as $90, I should say, because if you use WFI10 as your checkout promo code, you can get 10% off a billet from BakerForge.com. And then when you go to put a handle on it, or when you go to grind it, or you need anything else to complete that project, make sure you check out Lawrence over at MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. And he has everything, everything you can think of that goes along with this, this creative endeavor we call knife making. So check out both of our sponsors, BakerForge.com and MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. And you'd be doing us and them a huge favor. Because that's how shows like this roll on and on and on and on. Are you guys ready? Oh, yeah. Ben and Brian and Ben and Brian, are you ready? Hell yeah. Hit it, baby. Let's do it. Let's work for it. It's time. It's Thursday. It's Thirsty Thursday. And I know what you're thinking to yourself. You're like, Brian, it's nice outside. I got the doors to my workshop open. I got a campfire. I got a fire pit calling my name. I want to crack open a cold one. I want to put my feet up on those logs, and I just want to sit there, and I want to drink that beer, and I'm going to hang out, and I'm going to do nothing. going to do nothing. I'm going to sit in front of that fire, and I'm going to warm my feet because I just sat through the coldest winter of my fucking life. Man, uh, and I go ain't going to go to work. Oh, no, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to create content. No, I'm not going to create knives or any of the stuff that I'm working on in my workshop to make extra money to maybe you retire early or right follow my dreams. Ahead. I'm going to crack open a beer. and I'm going to sit on my ass and I'm going to do nothing. <laughs> and you know what I'm going to tell you? Loser. Enjoy it. Hey, enjoy it. 
The rest of us are working weekends and nights, and we're surpassing you. We're going to get beyond you, and I'm going to, in about five years, you're going to see me with my feet up, and I'm going to be looking into the camera, and I'm going to be cracking open a cold one and go, boy, I'm really glad I waited to do this yeah. until yeah. now, because yeah. right now, today, I never have to work again another day Life's in my life if I don't want to. you're fucking rich. <laughs> and what's hilarious is this past weekend I actually built myself a fire pit. <laughs> that whole that whole spiel was directed at you, B Cone. I know. I saw the pictures of your fire. I saw it. Fire pit <laughs> sitting there doing you nothing. I'm fire kidding. Pit piece of shit. <laughs> you I, fire I, I pit made, piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I made a post this weekend about working on Mother's Day on Sunday. Dexter that. and I were in the shop. I caught so much shit for that. People were like, you need to learn how to balance and you know your relationships yeah. are just as important and i'm like you know what my family I work with my wife every day <laughs> that i work yeah they love that i work you know why because i'm not up in their shit all the time they're yeah. like brian go do something you're bugging the shit out of me Dude. i'm trying to relax by the pool and all you're talking about is knives and grinders and forts Some shut the fuck up and go that. to work already Some would you people just don't get it they, they don't get that like uh, you know, we've got the un- same unspoken agreement here. It's just like, get the fuck out of here. You go, 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 do, do go to the shop for two hours and then come back. You know, you'll be. It, they a, know the benefit person. of yeah. a a well kempt mind for me anyway is steeped in productivity. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I have to have that product. If I sit around too much, I get bored. And you know the old adage, right? Devil's the yeah. uh, uh, idle hands of the devil's yeah, workshop. Yeah. And then, you know what I do? I get in trouble. Yeah. And, well, yeah. and it's like, I go off and do stupid things, you know? And yeah. it's like, well, it's time for me to go to work and continue to be product productive. And I heard, you know who I heard talk about this the first time was um, in this concept, even though I like subscribe to this concept was Jimmy Duresta. He, yeah. he, had said years ago he had thought he might have an, an issue with alcohol and yep. be addicted to drinking. So he gave it up and he was like, you know what I did instead? Every time I wanted to have a drink, I went to work. I you went to work something. on something. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I might be addicted to my work, but at least I'm doing something productive with my time rather yeah. than de- destroying my health. So mm-hmm. anyway, if you're listening to this, by the way, and you're sitting by a campfire with the, and you're, you've got a coal one in your hand, no judgment, by the way. No. Just work no, double judgment. Times. You're a fire pit piece of shit is all we're saying. <laughs> no, no judgment, but you're a fire pit piece of shit. Yeah, right. Exactly. And we're going to so, kick your fucking ass. <laughs> I just want to motivate people because I remember what it was like when I lived up north and it got nice outside, oh, man. man. All I wanted to do was sit outside and enjoy it and. Yeah, yeah, I I understand that feeling, but you gotta Short get shorts. you gotta continue on and keep working. So you know, spend your yeah. time by the campfire, but then realize you know what? Tomorrow I'm pulling a ten hour day or twelve hour day, mm-hmm. and uh, get back to it. Takes it. So, work, gentlemen. It takes work. We thought you were dead, Ben. Seriously, I thought we were gonna <laughs> thought we were gonna have dead. somebody cause gonna call and go black fucking hole. It's gonna man. get a call from your wife and be like, "Well, he got his hand stuck in a table saw and then it ripped his arm <laughs> off and then he bled to death no on the floor of his luck. shop." <laughs> no such luck. <laughs> Legitimately, Ben. Like we were at, at least I had sent a message and you know try to yeah. catch up with you because you know we couldn't get a hold of you there for a minute. So where the hell He's were a you? True artiste. He disappeared into his own hole, thing. Yeah, into my own puddle of productivity. No, <laughs> I 
I, uh, you were sitting by I a campfire, weren't you, Ben? Admit it. Fucking kind admit of, it. You were in a way. I was dealing with uh, sixth and seventh graders up north. Uh, they went to uh, like an outdoor school for a week. Normally, I guess they do it during fifth and sixth grade, but with COVID, everything got off kilter. So the seventh graders went this year. And uh, yeah, it went, it was, I don't know, a little more than a week. And they, like the kids during the day, they were grad students. So it's a University of Idaho facility. And they learned forestry and watersheds and, you know, Jack at one point came up to me and said, dad, I felt just like a, fr-. he didn't say fucking, but he's like, he says, I, f- I felt just like a damn tree hugger today. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, man, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Come on. But, uh, yeah. So spent the, spent time up there hanging out with, I think it was 46 kids. They wow. have cabins, you know, um, kind of standard summer camp. I mean, imagine a summer camp is pretty much exactly what it was. And then, uh, during the day, they'd go out to these lessons and traipse the forest and measure trees and count sticks and look at deer and all this kind of shit. But it was fun. It, you know, I thought there'd be a little bit more connectivity up there, and it turns out that there wasn't. <laughs> um, well, I remember you saying that you were traveling. You mentioned yeah. it to me. So when Brian messaged and, me uh, a couple of days ago, he was like, I yeah. can't get a hold of Ben. I was like, eh, I think he's traveling. Just It's fine. <laughs> He's alive. So, we know he's alive. Yeah, alive, but it was fun. It was, you know, hippy dippy camp basically, but fun. A lot of fun. Good good break. Good mandatory stay out of your phone. Just stay out of your, you know, online nice. existence. Yeah. So I feel good. like I would absolutely die. Like even even when we yeah. go up north because my, Emily's Emily's parents have a campsite year round up there. And yeah. even up there, the internet's super slow, but you can connect and you can yeah. make a post and you can check up like on things. Like the first two days, it was like, okay, you know, you're like frantically trying to figure out the problem and fix it, you know, <laughs> like I got to find something because I'd been up there before. and, and Like a crack was, addict. Yeah. <laughs> and, I got to uh, get my internet, man. Scratching right. your necks. Back neck. then they had got Wi-Fi that went across the campus and it was all down um, – like end of semester kind of shutting shit down and doing a bunch of big IT maintenance things. So all their IT stuff was kind of for shit. So yeah, like the first two days it's like, Oh, all right, I got to figure this out. Maybe I can go into town during the day. And then you realize like, no, you're a chaperone. You got to be here. You can't get away. (laughs) You got to work. You're working for it. (laughs) So I just basically followed the kids around. Jack had a pretty, a pretty knuckleheaded instructor for the week. The kid was just, uh pretty much out there didn't know his ass from a hole in the ground so that was cool like i've i've kind of i have coached or been involved with jack's group of boys in his class pretty much since the first grade so they all know me pretty well and we have a lot of fun together it's kind of fun i i have to admit and it sounds cheesy but i think i'm the fun dad so it's pretty nice. Oh, I imagine you're the fun dad. Yeah. Let them do whatever the fuck they want. Ben's like coming to this realization. He's like, you know what? I think I'm a pretty cool guy. Kid, After kid, hanging out with all these friends. loser dads. Kid, hey, guys, kids can be my friends too, right? 
and all the other dads don't know how to talk to their own kids or like right. do anything with them. Oh, trust me, I remember what it was like because I was a Boy it's Scout inter- leader. So it's yeah, interesting, isn't it? Yeah, that, you couldn't have said a it better. A lot of there, disconnected man. dads. A lot of disconnect. It, I, I what I found was, and I learned a, a real good lesson during that time of being in leadership of the Boy Scouts was that the kids don't really you don't need to protect them from you you know like i think a lot of these dads wanted they were putting up a front like i've got to be this strong silent or i've got to like you know i can't show my kids what it's like to have fun because god forbid they see me as like a friend rather than a father it's like yeah bro your kids just want to spend time with you, man. Right, just go yeah, out and have fun time. Don't even think about it. Just enjoy yourself. Let yourself yeah. go. And then when you get back home and you got to put the dad roll, the tad, dad hat back on, and you got to tell them to do their homework and go to bed and brush your teeth and all that, kids understand role switching. They get, they get it. it. They, yeah, they totally they get, it. get it. Well, especially when they hit 12, 13 years old, you know? like. Oh, yeah. It, it is, a, it takes a little while to settle into. I, I will admit that. And it's taken me a little bit to realize that as well. Like, yeah, he's old enough to fucking understand the world at this point, you know, in today's oh, yeah. day and age with the internet and everything else, like the kid understands the whole fucking world, even the shit that you don't think he does, you know, they, they get it. Um, and like you said, they're, they're still, if you did a good job, I guess, if, if you, if you started out right, you should be able to switch and they can respect that authority enough to say, yeah, all right, you're right, dad. We can't be the fun, fun loving knuckleheads right now. Let's get down to yeah. business. You know, and shit to do. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's a time nice. and a place for it all. So there yeah. Well, cool. Yep. We're glad you're back, man. And, glad to be and here. You're missed of course, but don't worry about it. We get it. Like we understand all of it and everyone else does too. So Appreciate uh, it. Appreciate yeah, it. of course, Brian, what, what's been going on uh, in your neck of the woods? Just hanging out by the campfire again or what's, other what's than being on? a fire pit piece of shit, you know, <laughs> doing some yard work, all that fun stuff, getting, getting more stuff. Cleared. FPPS baby. FPPS. There it is. Holy shit. Um, so there's two, two major things. I, I mean, I did some knife work, you know, that's standard, whatever. So I had a couple magnet cut knives that I've been working on. And a big old chef knife, not a big old chef knife. It was like a five and a quarter, five and a half inch chef knife and kind of a smaller nano neck knife. That was just kind of the scraps out of that. So, you know, I was playing around with those. I spent all freaking day. That chef knife probably took me. I mean, it took me hours to grind that thing. It was Mm -hmm. awful because it's I didn't I didn't do any thinning before the heat treat. I did it full thickness. Stupid. Not the way to do a mistake. So I, I spent so long grinding on that thing, trying to get it down thin in it. I mean, I got it up to about 400 grit and I, I was actually um, sanding it in line with the platen. So they had those, you know, it almost looked like it was hand sanded, even though I totally wasn't going to hand sand that stuff. Screw that. But um, so anyways, I got it. I got it up to where I wanted it to be. It looked really nice. And I thought, yeah, screw it. Let's, let's go ahead and put a nice little sexy etch on there and probably do a tumble and, you know, really go really get, have some fun with it. So I messaged a couple different people, including bald man and Matt Gentry and kind of got their, their, um, their regiment on how to, uh, how to, um, acid etch them. And, um, I totally, you know, bald man said his regiment. And then, um, Matt Gentry told me the other regiment, which was basically just let it soak for a while and come out and check on it and do that. 
So I kind of went with Matt Gentry style, like, you know, screw it. I'll just throw it in the gator piss, let it go for an hour, come back, look, whatever. So I went back, I put it in, let it sit for an hour, came back, looked at it. It looked like it needed more. So I put it back in and Emily messaged me like, hey, dinner's ready. So I go in and I have dinner. It was really good, whatever. We started watching a movie and I just completely forgot about the knives. Five o'clock the next morning, I wake up like a start. Like I was like someone shot me like, holy (laughs) shit. I let those things soak all freaking night. So I go, I run out to the shop and you know, they, they, they got dark. They definitely got super dark, but the chef knife, there's about a dime sized piece out of really close to the tip that wasn't quite, it wasn't completely eaten through, but it was significantly thinner. Like it literally looked like you took a dime out of both sides of the tip. So yeah, that thing is absolutely, I mean, it wasn't ruined. I ended up nakiring it. You know, I just cut off that tip and made it look, you know, look okay. It went from five and a half inches to like four and a half inches. Is that the, that's like, didn't you forget some in the dip a couple episodes ago? He just had to run and get them out. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. I put them in and I was going to let them etch over and then totally forgot and had to go pick them. Man, and that was man. fine. So, I need so to Brian, get. Let, go let ahead. me just quickly give you how we do it here. We always set a timer on our phone. Yeah, we I know. Never reg- we never trust the fact that we will remember because, <sighs> dude, Siri's great. You can mention it to her and she'll create it, you know. So I yeah. highly recommend timer on your phone and then you know if you get distracted and you forget about it it won't get burned through like that it's just oh a, yeah 100 a little that tip was, from an old guy like me you know that was a stupid thing that i did and i will for sure put timers on my phone and be a little bit more you know cognizant but yeah so that was kind of the fun in the shop and then there's another big thing so emily and i finally picked a date for our wedding Oh, was that the date you sent me yesterday? Yeah. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? Did he send Ooh. this message to somebody? I'm like, what is this, a date? I thought it was like a combination to a lock or something. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is it this? It is, technically. October <laughs> next year. So October, yeah, baby. Woo, yeah, I like that's it. That's a fall wedding in Michigan. All right. Yeah, man. It's going to be pretty, and it's up north, and that's right when like all the leaves oh, change. Sweet. So it'll, it'll be nice hey, that's for sure. Great. That'll be great timing for me. There you go. Well, both of you are, I'm asking both of you to stand up in my wedding. So, you know, you guys got to be there one way or the other. It's a good time of year. I'll be uh, doing that through Zoom. I'll be on like the COVID (laughs) Zoom call. (laughs) We'll we'll have a mannequin and a screen, Mm -hmm. like an iPad for the face. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be like, now take the mannequin's hand and put it on his balls. And then then when I say this thing, yeah, squeeze. Just, Just with three fingers. (laughs) <laughs> all right all right well, well that's fantastic well, ben, you'll news, have bro. a lot of fun time up here you know that'll be fun yeah. <laughs> all right all right well hey listen i'm i i had a great week too i was busy working we are doing uh we have this the mid the like late spring i guess it's it is early summer slump in sales which is totally common every year we have this and uh we've been working on infrastructure here in the shop and I've been focus, focusing on the mezzanine. When I built the mezzanine, I had all these like, grand ideas of what I would do up there. And then it just turned into like an attic, you know, where I started storing stuff and whatever else. So now it's uh, cleaned up and I've um, wired it. So now it's got 
uh, 220 up there and 110 and you know all I put in a sub panel and all this stuff or I quote unquote had an electrician do it and um, and you know it's it, it's cleaning up so now I'm going to build a workbench and stuff because we're getting ready to learn how to do Cerakote and I oh, want to wow. use that space as like the you know like where we spray and where we cure and everything and um, and then that will lead us into I you know my old kiln that I converted into like a heat treat oven oh yeah a yeah. long time ago I don't use that as much anymore because of the Paragon but what we use it we will be using it for is now curing refractory and curing uh, Cerakote so um, you know we've been using it to like just it's been sitting really it hasn't really been used but it's the whole idea was to get it wired up up there so we can so we can uh you know use it as a low temperature oven because cerakote only needs and actually it'll cure powder coat too because we we're gonna just mess around with powder coat for for a few things <laughs> but um it, it only requires 200 cool. yeah and i don't think we'll do knives but we were thinking about other stuff would be kind of fun to play around with like some grinder stuff but the um the Cerakote is only, it cures at 250 degrees. So it doesn't even, that and that kiln gets 250 degrees in like one minute. I mean, you turn it on, it's got four coils in there. It just, it goes, and it's on, and it's ready to go. So wow. uh, been doing that, and that's about it for my week. I mean, we've, that, we started that project on Mother's Day and cleaned it all out and got the wiring started, and I'm still in the middle of it now because mm. of all the, Little things like uh, converting my my sandblast cabinet over to a different dust collectant collection system because the one that came with it was kind of like more like a shop vac and it really it was like a two and a half inch hose. Well, I had this old I found on Facebook Marketplace like a bunch of years ago a two horse power like full size dust collector that you would use for like a wood shop mm-hmm. and I paid fifty bucks for it. I just never did anything with it. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna hook that up to the Grizzly uh, air blast system and see, you know, see what, you know, if it works. Oh, it's it's amazing. It works so much better than the little guy that came with it. And so, like, when you're air, when you're sandblasting and all the air is filled with dust, it you, as soon as you let go of the trigger, like if the if the cabinet itself gets full of sand and dust, if you let go of the trigger for just for a second, it just clears the whole thing. It just like wow. it's like a have you ever done have you ever seen anybody do like a bong rip where it's like a full size glass bong rip? Right? It's we just need to like hang out that. with Pickle like, to really get that experience. Pickle will know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like when someone pulls the carb and it goes and it just like disappears. It's just like that. It's great. Now I yeah, love the yeah. fact, Brian, that you started the sentence, have you ever? And then stopped and have you ever seen anybody? <laughs> have you ever have you ever cleared an eight-foot graphics bong before? I mean, have you ever seen anybody do right, that before? Right, um, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it it's like that anyway. Because, And here's the reason why. Cerakote requires a, a few things to, like, really make it uh, efficient and clean. And that's you've got to use aluminum oxide for your uh, sandblast cabinet you can't have just regular sand or uh, you can't use bead you can't there's a whole bunch of stuff you have to adhere to these rules and the air has to be super dry you know all, all of these things 
and then also the when the part comes out that's going to be seracoded it can't be touched by human hands it has to be oh, then yeah. put like in a in a kiln and it has to be dried before it's painted mm. there's like a whole series of things you have to do to make seracote really stick to something mm. so we we've you know we're like 80 percent of the way there and but we've never actually done it so we don't really know you know what the what that looks like but well i'll tell you what anyways. once you get that all dialed in seracote is bulletproof that oh, stuff is awesome incredible so interesting yeah. fact my my dad my old man uh used to be a salesman for coors ceramics and they were one of the first to develop the ceramic coating stuff it's kind of it's kind of wild i mean i can remember as a it's probably kid, the same thing right yeah I'm, I'm almost sure Similar. it is but it was more for like industrial applications right so yeah. in like manufacturing plants and stuff they they uh coat specific parts that would you know for repeated use and kind of shit like that but it's been around for a long time but it's really cool to see that you could do it you know in a shop like yours or it doesn't doesn't seem to require this massive operation like it used to no right you know? it, yeah and one of the things about coatings if you go on youtube and dig up any of aaron goff's like old stuff it, most of it's old he doesn't really post much anymore but um he did an entire testing scenario with cerakote and dlc and then blue wing there was like i don't know four or five different coatings that he tried and his determination was that dlc was the best which is a mm. diamond uh coating i don't know exactly what dlc yeah. it's diamond something coating and so he decides that this is what he wants to use right and then if you listen to his interview with jeff fader on the full blast t podcast he talks about why DLC is the best, but it might not be the best for someone who is trying to produce like a perfect, a perfect product. And because, you know, okay. uh, Aaron is very uh, particular. I am very particular yeah. about things. And he's like, you know, it's you cannot do or you can, but it, it's a, there's a significant barrier to entry on DLC coding. So he had to send them all out to have them done. And of course, you know, for every 20 knives he sent out, you know, five or 10 were scrapped because these right. guys did it wrong. Yeah. And so he was like, it's not worth it. And I don't know if he ever went back to it and tried to revisit it. I'm really not sure what Aaron did. But, um, you know, he what he was saying in that interview with Jeff was, you know, if you can do it in house, it's better to just, you know, even though it might not be the best, best, best if it gets close it's better than you know sending it out and then ha having to scrap having half of your inventory yeah. so that that's how i landed on Cerakote because you know i trust what aaron you know Hell says yeah. he's he really understands and knows what he's doing and he did all the testing and i watched a lot of those videos of him doing the actual testing and he, it was no joke i mean he really put it through the paces and yes yeah. Cerakote did not perform as well but it was it was up there with DLC and you can do it in a in a relative with relatively low uh, cost uh, to get yeah. into it. So well, that's it how we came becomes, to it. Uh, it sort of becomes relative at some point, too. Right. I mean, Cerakote may be, you know, not as perfect as DLC, 
but it's still bomb proof, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like you get, well, you get to if that you point wa- where when you watch his testing, you'll see where he can get it to rub off. Like if he's really hard on it, like he, you know, putting it through two by fours with like a hammer and sure. like, you know, all that. So, you know, our thought on our knife line would be that the knives that we produce that are Cerakoted would just have a lifetime guarantee. If something goes wrong, send it back to us. We'll sandblast it off and re it for you. You know, if you yeah. want that, um, yeah. you know, we had to offer that. So, yeah. yeah. So that's the next step in our discovery process of starting a, a commercial knife line, you know, a productive awesome. knife production knife line out of the house made workshop. So. Um, good times. It's been fun. You know, we're really making good, good time on this thing for sure. Yeah, you are, man. Jeez. It seems like you just, just started talking about that, you know, not, not long at all ago. And you guys are already balls deep in the middle of it. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I think we're a few months away from even releasing anything or showing anything on it, but it's, it's definitely now, now that sales have slowed down on, in other avenues, it gives us time to really dive in. And, you know, we do this full time. So there's like a couple of us working on it full time, you know, we're, we're every day working on the designs and working on, you know, how to actually make them and make them the best we know how to make them. So it's, it's just, uh, one yeah. one little step at a time every day for sure so love it. i love the process i i gotta tell you the, the process of developing a business within a business like a division is super interesting because you got to think about like from the standpoint of like how do i pivot from you know hey i'm a grinder guy and i make knives and but you know i make forges and then you know now i'm doing this and it's like really yeah. what the way i have to sell it to everybody is is that you know, imagine the quality and the product that I put out in every other realm and attribute that to our knife line because that's what's going to yeah. happen. We're going to yeah. create knives for and my my niche in creating the knives will be industrial. You know, I'm yeah. going to focus towards the industrial EDC market, um, okay. not doing culinary, not doing folders, not doing, you know, we're doing fixed blade industrial knives that are extremely hard and in that will hold up to what guys are doing in their workshops. And that's, that's our goal. So I like that. Cause you know, like, um, what is it? The Montana knife company, they've kind of got their angle of the outdoorsman or the, you know, the, the hunter fisherman yeah. tactical type person. And, and you really focusing on sort of everyday carry in your workshop or, you know, for, for people that make things, I think is a really cool angle. And it's not a market that's really touched much, to be honest, in terms of knives, you know, there's tool tools for every other fucking thing you can imagine, but, but not, um, not that everyday carry market. Most of us, woodworkers end up carrying a fucking Milwaukee fastback with a razor blade in it, you know? (laughs) And that's because there's nothing better. I've been carrying a, a, uh, what the hell is it even a Gerber recently that I picked up and I've been surprised at the edge retention on it, but it's not my ideal carry, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, we, we thought of it in terms of we're, there's no better way to market something than to just use it every day. And if yeah. I'm the guy that's using it in his workshop every single day and I stand behind the product, 
it's just going to be simple for me to sell this and sell it to other guys just like me. And there's just so many of the versions of me out there, you know, there's like guys doing the exact same thing I'm doing, except they've got a little spin on it and they need something or they want something in their pocket. And by the way, everything will be made in house here. You know, we're, we're, you know, from the, the blade itself all the way down to the handle, everything will be made here and it'll be inspected by me and handled by me. And, you know, it's one of those things where I'm not doing this to sell, you know, 800 knives a week. You know, I know that that's just not going to happen. You know, I want to do, I want to start this company and go back to my roots and use all of the tooling that I've created over the years to do it. So there's a little bit of a double marketing side to things where, you know, I want to show guys like, Hey, I'm running, I'm rocking revolution grinders and surface grinders and all of our attachments and everything we have here in our forges. And we're using all of that to produce a, a commercial knife line, you know, production knife line. And that is, uh, for me, the fun of it. You know, I don't, I don't care about how much we really do sell. I mean, obviously it has to make some money, but really this is a passion project. And this is how the revolution project started for me. I didn't really know where it was going to lead me or take me. And I did it because I loved it. And I know how much I love this knife project too. And so if I just apply all the same principles and all of the same concepts to this, like I did the grinder project and the forge project, then Hey, the sky's the limit. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Or not. I and mean, it could flop, you know, who knows? Hey, I mean, it could t- but, totally flop. So. But it's, I, I like that angle, honestly. And I think it's one others could consider as well is that if you're selling a product to makers, use that product to make something, you know, it, it, it makes so much sense to do that yeah. because at the end of the day, if the knife thing flops, right. And I, and I, I highly doubt that it does, but if it does, then you've at a minimum gotten some incredible marketing out of the tools that you sell every day, you know, out of your bread and butter, bread and butter yeah. products. So yeah. Really and cool and the, the, the grinder and the forge projects are funding the startup for the knife line. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it's all kind of cohesive. And I, you know, remember what we talked about way back in the day about the spider web analogy, you know, you're, you got one product in the middle of that spider web, and then yeah. everything around it, all the little weavings and webs that go around it, those are all the products and services that you have around those things, around yeah. that center th- line. Well, what I'm learning is that I'm the spider. You know, I'm in the middle sure. and that my product line is, you know, all, um, you know, kind of around me and everything else. So it's a it's a whole thing. You know, I, I I'm just going to follow my gut on this and see where it goes. Plus, bald man is this is one of his passions too. Actually, yeah. it's probably his pa- you know more of his passion than anything. So it's fun to watch him get involved and just you know see where we're gonna take it. Yeah. It puts him in like an interesting position because he's you know he's like kind of like just yeah he's just you know fueling the whole thing. So it's really neat to watch. It's really fun to watch uh, him. Uh, create and then hand it over to me and then I do stuff with it and we work together. It's really been a, a good collaboration. Some Very Something outside cool. of what we've already been doing. But Very but yeah. cool. Love Did we lose Brian? Where Where's Brian? Is he still here? He's out by his fire pit. <laughs> I his just realized... Busted. 
I just realized I've had my mic on mute for like the last 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm like, dude, he's usually chiming in. What's going on? <laughs> and what's hilarious is I was chiming in and I thought I was being talked over. <laughs> See, now last week you were talking without your microphone muted, and you were talking to yourself. I blew my nose like 10 minutes ago when you started talking about this whole thing. Get your shit together, Brian. What are you doing? Goodness gracious. I I have to admit, it's not a far stretch to uh, expect to be talked over now that I'm back. (laughs) But yeah, man, I'm super excited to see like a million of these thicker clippers come off that line. It's that might be an avenue. I think I was gonna say that earlier is um, one thing that I find is that I gravitate back to uh, uh, like a not a razor blade daily carry knife. I gravitate towards just a regular steel blade knife for the prying capability, right? That's always the thing that the the razor blade holder has that has that limitation, you know. So something that you can kind of pry with. I'd love to see a, um, I'd love to see a blade slash not a multi tool like a Leatherman, uh, but a blade with further capabilities. I guess I'd say. Right? Like I yeah. could see some sort of a tanto, like a tanto, but have it be like the tanto is almost, you know, perpendicular to the spine. And then yeah. leave it a little mm-hmm. bit thick, not so that it's so that it's not a cutting edge. So it's just specifically yeah. a prying tool. Yeah, you should know. open a paint can with it. You know, like exactly. I Have take, you, uh, you know, when you get like a box with those big copper staples. Oh yeah. In them, yes. I take my thicker clipper and I can shove my thicker clipper right up underneath those things and pull those right out, and I don't feel bad about doing it. You know, right. like there's some That's knives awesome. I would never attempt that with, yeah. and I I want to create that same kind of feeling in an entire line with different designs, you know? So wow. that's, that's the kind of thing. It, it's hard to do because, you know, Brent has already pretty much achieved this and, you know, but now it's like, okay, how do we do a different spin on it and make it, you know, make it a, a part of house made, make it part of ball. Made. It's, it's like a whole mix, but it's, it's fun to do because there's not a lot of guys thinking like this. They're, mm. they're producing, and and that's their own thing. That's the beauty of knife making is that you know there's a the a, the right tool for the right job, but it it could be a knife in ten different forms if that makes right. sense. Yeah, and that's what I love about it. So, what about have you ever seen? I'm, I'm actually holding right now. It's like a set of Allen wrenches, and then but it's kind of specific for a like bike maintenance. Yes, and this this one exactly has like the socket set with it, but what I'm looking at is the the cutouts for wrenches. So this thing has a eight millimeter, a ten millimeter, a fifteen, and a fourteen millimeter wrench, sort of cut out of a piece of steel that you can flip out like a pocket knife. Yeah, mm, that's cool. Like cut some of those, you know, the common sizes for adjusting the revolution or something oh. into a thicker clipper. Then you've got we a had wrench. thought about that. That actually is yeah. an idea we had was like a, a revolution multi-tool that has yeah. like an Allen key on it and stuff. And yeah, we thought about it. We just haven't ever actually sat down and designed it yet. But and um, also you're a yeah. knob man. So everything has knobs on it. So, oh, you know, baby. I am a knob <laughs> she man. said, I love, I love that knob. Man, Anything can be sure. a knob. 
<laughs> if you polish it hard enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, it sounds like we've all had a really productive week. I don't know if you guys yeah. are interested in moving over into WFI projects to chat a little bit about that. Uh, we have 12,302 projects in that hashtag on Instagram. And if you're interested in having your project discussed on our podcast, take a picture or a video and then use the hashtag WFI projects. And we might just make fun of you right here on the podcast. No, I'm kidding. Of course not. Uh, yeah, but I wanted to shout out. Um, I've, it's hard because there's like so much going on. Um, everybody's in their workshops working for it. And um, Hayworth underscore handmade in Spring, Texas. He has 988 followers. Go give him a follow. It's spelled just like it sounds. Hay as an H-A-Y worth underscore handmade. And he did a really cool blade. And he used the flag with the We the People logo on it. And I've been watching him develop this. And he's sharing his progress as he goes along. But I just thought the handle was really clever. He did a great job and he talks about his process and he's doing what we always say you need to do, which is document the process. Do not make creations, document the process of your creation. So uh, he's doing that and that's why I'm shouting him out. Well done. Nice. Nice. I'll go next. I've got Ryan Chadbourne Knifeworks. We all know him. We all love him. Who's he's that? Who's that guy? Ryan, Ryan Chadbourne Knifeworks. Oh, I've never heard of him. Oh yeah, he runs he runs this little <laughs> podcast up with metal or <laughs> something about hustling and grinding. I don't know. He bumps and grinds, something like that. But anyway, so he's working. He's got he's showing off a couple of his chef knives. He's he's um looks like he's starting up a raffle. He's got he's got ten dollars a piece. It, it's going to be a winner's choice type situation, unlimited entries. But yeah, go check him out. I know he makes some really great stuff, and he says that his his wait time's only three months, so it's gonna be a quick okay. turnaround on it. So, yeah, he's okay. he's working hard. He's uh he's getting it going, and it sounds like the the raffles just specifically so you know he's got beer money for going down to Blade Show. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Papa Hatch Axe posting some. Is that an axe or a splitting mall there? Kind of an interesting shaped axe. Um, that that thing is a zombie killer whatever that is yeah. notice like there's like a wrap around yeah which makes like me think nu- it's more for like splitting wood than than like yeah. you know traditional axe work but it looks like a sledgehammer with a fucking blade welded on the face of it yeah it's pretty really cool. crazy yeah <laughs> love he it. restored I love it, it up put a handle on it looks sexy yeah man I'm I'm typing disgust on hey, the two podcast. birds uh two birds blade works has got his double double fingers back I see I on saw that blade. my man <laughs> yeah. he brought it back he must that, have heard what we were say, saying about that shit it. needs to say that is the coolest touch mark I've ever seen it really is because you could almost not notice it you know if um, you look at the touch mark and you zoom in on this picture you can see where it displaces the damascus enough to create a ring around you know and it's and because it's two middle fingers it's like a unique look it's just fantastic uh, his work is fantastic and and i love it that's leon leon shanks i think is his last name yeah leon shanks yep so disgust on the podcast so everyone knows 
spruce.hill.studio. He's a great guy. He's working on a couple coffee scoops, some copper coffee scoops with some forged handles. Looking really pretty, and uh, yeah, he's doing a really good job, and he's got them laid on top of some work-in-progress blades, so yeah. Nice. I like the cof- the copper coffee scoop. I think yeah. that's a really cool idea. Um, you know, there's a lot of makers that make them, and they do their own little spin on them. And every, I never dislike any of them. I always see them and go, I want that. That's cool. You know, like <laughs> I really like it. I, in fact, I use one made by Josh Howard and, um, because I tried to buy one from Derek Melton like a couple of years ago and he was sold out like constantly, you know, Derek is. And then Derek came up with a cool idea to create a little kit. So it's like a piece of copper that's cut to the right diameter and then Derek, I don't know if you saw, but he made a, um, he created a, a swedge uh, or a suede, a swage, what is that? The small swage, block, the swage, swage block. block. Yeah. Swage block, a small swage block. And it's the right size for his coffee scoop. So you can get that. And he had a foundry, like make a bunch of them. And it comes with a piece of mild steel for the handle and everything and the rivet. And I just thought that's really great because you know, he's like me. He can't keep up with the production side, so he made the kit so you can make it yourself. And then that went crazy, and people started buying that. So I think it's super cool. Moonshine, our, our boy Moonshine is getting into the alligator here. I like these uh, gator money clip wallets. Looking pretty damn sexy. Pretty sexy. The guy just does some phenomenal work, and... It's so distinctive. I think that's what I really like about Moonshine's leather work. You see a picture of anything that he made, and and I almost instantly know it's his work, which is really yes, cool. yeah. It's really you really know what he's what that it is his work. It's like a signature piece, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, I want to shout out Kyle Daly. Uh, I don't know if you guys know who Kyle Daly is, but his handle on Instagram is K H Daly just like the word daily yeah. and then knives. And he's uh, he's that a very terrible. industrious person. He is. And uh, I have a correction from last week because he mentioned, he said, uh, I, I had mentioned that he was a stay-at-home dad, but there was a lot more to him, of course. Um, and he gave me the feedback. Let me just like, let me just read this real quick. If I can find it on Instagram, he messaged me his, his, a, uh, his CV here. So, He says, just a a little bit of my past for clarification. He was a machinist, a fabricator, engineer for 14 years after college. And then after 11 years of testing, validation of truck and bus components, he was laid off. And then he moved, uh, they moved their facility from Texas to Illinois. That's how he ended up there. And then um, with the help of uh, his supportive wife, he ended up taking care of the boys for half of their day in kindergarten and then made knives in the garage afterwards. And now he's more full-time. Yeah. Yeah. So I only gave like the little piece of it. Yeah. Yeah. I only gave the little piece of it and I wanted to clarify that because that's a good clarification. Yeah. He, he, so if you look at Kyle's work, okay. The body of his work, he's very creative guy, makes knives, damn good knife maker. I mean, unbelievable knife maker. He's also teaching a class at blade show, which I imagine is sold out. He's doing a, a file work class. If it's not go check it out, see if you can get in. Um, he's doing a file work class, Ira housework, my cousin, Ira, he's <laughs> taking the class. Um, and, but the post I'm talking about today is that, uh, Kyle comes up with all these really creative, 
things for solving problems for knife makers. And one of them is this golf ball file uh, work thing that he created. Yeah. So it's a, imagine like a standard file that you would use to make the intricate designs on a spine. And then he attaches a golf ball to it. So it's it has something to hold. You have something to hold on to rather than just like a small wood, wooden handle. Mm-hmm. And they're insanely popular. I mean, a guy and he wraps them nice and he sends them out. It, it's it's little things like that that make me really proud to know Kyle because he's always thinking about something or solving a problem. And then he goes, well, maybe I could sell those or whatever. He's got 3D printed uh, sanding buddies that match radius of specific size wheels. So if you're hand sanding something with an S grind, you can get in the tight space. I mean, just little things like that he's come up with over the years. And I love to be supportive of his work. And, and uh, I'm proud to know him as a person. So it's, it's really great to see him do this An- work. Another big one that he's done is that carbide tipped hammer for straightening knives after heat treat. Um, that is something that, you know, it, he, he has come up with that idea and he's, he kind of developed it. And it's, it's also like, you know, you, you're not tapping on the side that is the bow side. You're tapping on the, in the concave side of the, it's super yeah. like it's, totally backwards of what you think it should be but it works so well yeah Yeah, we carry them and at my my website housemade.us if you want to grab one you can we buy them from kyle he makes them special for us we laser etch them here in our studio and then uh, with his logo and our logo so you can get yourself a housemade uh hammer and they're selling well so um yeah super creative yeah that was I'm not sure if it was his concept. I think he kind of formulated what oh. is now the most modern version of this because he's learned he learned all about carbide, you know, the right kind of carbide to use. And um, there's more to it than I know, but I just know that he's really perfected it, if that yeah. makes sense. Hey, do you guys have this fucking Prince Nuara showing up in the fucking? <laughs> I do. Who is this cocksucker? He's working for it, baby. Yeah. I mean, look at this guy. Yeah, I so don't he's... see it. Like some of his posts don't even tag W Five Projects, and it's made it into the hashtag. This fucking. It's weird, and I think what's happening is because the our hashtag has become so popular. Yeah, these guys just tag onto it. Oh, I totally just found it. It's this dude lounging back in a couch, and oh, there's a bunch of man child or something here. Oh, that's hilarious. No, which is I dig it. The other thing that's funny is you know there's so many people. There are so many people that are posting hashtag WFI projects and it's not coming up. And this motherfucker just (laughs) a tip, a tip for people out there that are having that problem. Make sure you're posting just static picture posts because we're not going through reels. We're just looking at pictures. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we don't look at the reels. Yep. Yeah, yeah I guess point. we could technically. Yeah, then we've got like background noise and let me you know. take a quick look. Yeah, but yeah the problem with looking at a reel while you're on a podcast is not only just the audio, but you kind of yeah. have to watch it and then you have yeah. to talk about it. So, right. Uh, Are we putting yeah. t- discussed on the podcast on this Prince memoir? No, <laughs> no, you don't want to do that. Yeah, then he'll be like, "Oh, what podcast?" And then he'll start listening to us, and then it'll be a whole thing. And then it's he'll so tell all of his you, buddies. Uh, if you look through the reels, um, I think it must default to like most popular. Well, no, it doesn't necessarily. But Carol Ann Jeanette, 
like every post with her face in it shows up at the top. It's awesome. I love it. <laughs> She's got that <laughs> magic bullet in her pocket. She just posts a reel with your face and you're in. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm looking at my dad joke book. I don't know if you guys are interested in a dad joke or two, but let's I've got, do it. I've got some pretty good ones here. Um, so my son said to me, Dad, why why did you leave work early today? He said, Well, my boss told me to have a good day, so I came home. <laughs> and then this is a classic one from like this is my dad's. My dad used to say this all the time whenever I would say it. My my dad would say, did you get a haircut? And I would say, I got them all cut. It's <laughs> a pretty good one. This this book is like not the like the 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 punchline weird ones, but uh, it's pretty good. I'm very worried for the calendar. Its days are numbered. Here's a good dad joke. Brian House buys a dad joke book. <laughs> I didn't buy it, which is funny. These are sent to me, no joke. I have a stack of them now. I don't know, and I have calendars. It's I love it. <laughs> I love the people that listen and follow our work. It's the oh, it's freaking awesome. best because I'll just get like a random ass dad joke book or calendar <laughs> or whatever with no note. Like it's that, like <laughs> who's it from? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, nobody. And then it's just like, oh hey, uh, like like months later, somebody will ask me, "Did you get that?" And I go, "Yeah," but it didn't have any name attached to it. It right. was came from Amazon or whatever. <laughs> I love it. It's pretty funny shit. But yeah, That's no, so I love man. I so blessed uh, to have such great listeners to this podcast yeah. and people that love our our work yeah. and and one of the things that. I didn't always, and I've been told this a bunch of times, and I just didn't really fully understand it, but there's a lot of people that listen to our podcast and a lot of other podcasts, and and you know who says this all the time is Jeff Fader. When he was a kid, he listened in on radio shows and stuff yeah. to keep him, feel like made him feel like he wasn't alone. Yeah, right. Um, and, and I hear this all the time from people. They love listening to our conversation because it's lighthearted usually, and you know yeah. we're having a good time, and- and we're keeping them company in their workshops. Yep. And I find that because con- I've got people around me all day. So I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't see it like that. I always like when I listen to a podcast, I'm looking for data. Like I'm looking yeah. for information. Mm. So there are a few of the podcasts that I've been listening to um, recently is the clamp cast yeah. uh, with Grant Alexander. Those, I mean, they've added, uh, um, oh, I can't think of her oh, name. Oh, what's now. her name? Idiot. Yeah. With um, uh, instructables. Yes, they, they've added her and and it's just a really great dynamic. And it let is. me tell you something. If if you're if you're looking for a podcast to get like it's fun but at the same time as it's also informational, kind of like ours, it's really it's that. I mean, yeah. I listen to that and I learn, learn something every time because uh, they do a great Grant job of is, doing uh, a theme every, every show. Yeah, and Grant's a pretty good antagonist as well. You know, I, oh, I, I really great. appreciate his his. Uh, almost pessimism at times but 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 it's targeted. got a point though yeah it's yes. targeted it has a right? point it's yeah. uh it's half the time i don't know if he's doing it to be a rebel rouser or or oh no he's totally he stirring grouchy, the bucket it's imp- you know? <laughs> it is 100 percent. it is him stirring yeah. the, the shit bucket and, and i find other, it hilarious yeah the other one that i've really grown to really enjoy and look forward to is uh with 
Chris Powell and Corey Stanley, uh, the yes. makeshift. Makeshift. And I know Corey's going through some some challenging times right now, uh, as of a couple of episodes back, and probably probably for longer than that. So I just want want Corey to know that you're in our thoughts, man, and hopefully things are going well. And uh, he and his wife are going through some challenging times, and he was pretty open about it on the show and uh mm. not fun i'm sure but man you're you're doing you're doing the deal and really kicking ass so hopefully you keep everything going and uh work everything out this is what i love about podcasts is because you know you hear somebody's story about yeah. what they're going through it's a i find that it's a little bit easier for me to be more uh open and transparent yeah while i'm on the podcast Versus, say, like a YouTube video or even a piece of Instagram content. I don't yeah. know why. I just feel well, like, you know, I can be, you know, yeah. genu- more genuine, I guess, is the right term. Yeah. Or just and a little bit more And we kind of alluded free. to it, right? Like, before we started recording, and maybe we'll get into it next time or maybe in the after show. Who knows? But um, just how weird the social media landscape is right now. And, you know, if it's not seven seconds or less and it's not a very targeted something you're trying to show that's flashy and sexy, uh, there's almost no sense in posting it, you know, and some mm. might argue, you know, nobody's paying you any money anymore. So why post at all? And all this other. Yeah. Shit Instagram on. ended their ended their entire. Um, yeah. Reels uh, bonus. Reels, <laughs> they reels they bonus went in thing. reverse. Now you have yeah. to pay them. Pay. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> And, and, not, and what's and so what's really cr- crazy is that so they ended their and I was doing like five to eight hundred a month on Instagram. So yeah, like, right. it was Good like money. It, I felt it. But it's you know, it was like free money to me. Like I was yeah. just like, I'm doing this anyway. I might as well just whatever apply, you know. And then I don't know if it, it, it it's total coincidence, but Amazon, because I do a lot of Amazon affiliate work. Affiliates, yeah. They came up with a bonus program where if you reach a certain dollar I amount, saw you're, that, yeah. okay. So I signed up for this, right? Thinking it's free to sign up for as long as you hit a certain threshold. Yeah. And so I consistently ship about sixty thousand dollars a month in revenue for Amazon. So if you click through to any of my links and you buy something, yep. I you know they tally all that up and they put it in a report. And mine is about sixty grand a month. And not that I make sixty grand a month. Right, I make right. like one percent of it. You make that, that so, for them. Yeah. Yes, I make that for them, to be clear. So then they messaged me. I got a dedicated Amazon affiliate representative, a guy wow. that like nice. you know, can like I can talk with directly. And he says, you know, you're part of this program and you're gonna be up being bonused out for the next three months based upon your performance. And I was like, Okay, cool, you know, like whatever. Yeah. And he gave me the bonus schedule. And the bonus schedule was like the first tier, which was like 30 grand was like 1200 bucks. And I was like, Oh cool. Like I'll definitely hit that. And then the second tier was like 2200 or 2500. If you hit like 50 grand and I was like, wow, maybe I'll hit that, you know, whatever. So I hit it. I hit the 50,000. I hit like that month. I did 54,000 or something in sales. And he was like, you know what? You did great. You almost missed. You almost got to the third tier. So we're going to go ahead and give you the bonus, which is like another three grand. Damn. Wow. So uh, like that. Like and, five and that's grand. When, yeah. So I was like, holy shit. Like this yeah. is like lucrative. Crazy. 
of course you get it in Amazon gift card money. Credits, so you got to yeah. spend it back on Amazon, which I do anyway. Those so I'm like, okay. Crafty motherfuckers. Those crafty motherfuckers, right? I was yeah. like, okay, so this, and you know, everything we do is all affiliate is based. Yeah, like if yeah. you, yeah, because you know, it doesn't cost the person any right. money different, you know, and we get a little kickback on it. So if you buy a motor or VFD or anything, I get like, a little money back. Yeah. I, and I think if you don't, if you don't know about this, if you don't know about Amazon affiliates, if you learn a little bit about it, you'll probably be blown away by how yeah. many times your uh, yeah. device is being used to provide someone benefit without you even knowing it. Right. Yeah. Like the, the cookie thing is it's good for 24 hours. Expensive. Yeah. Like if yeah. you buy a motor and a VFD and then the next day you buy a box of diapers, I yep. get I get he paid out on credit. the diapers, too. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's really interesting. So we we got bonus out and it's only unfortunate. So here's the deal. Amazon. Well, here's what I've learned, because I know now because I have years and years of data from our e-com stores that summertime you it, it's a slump. People are outside. Yeah. They're not yeah. buying things. They're not, you know, shopping online as much. So Amazon knows this. They're feeling the same kind of, you know, the, they see the slump too. So they went through and decided that they were going to talk to all the people who influence and are out there in the world. And and yeah. by the way, I did nothing different to get that right. bonus. I right. absolutely changed no habits. We well, you- created a whole bunch of documents out there that are directly linked back to our resources page, which are all affiliate links. And those are trafficked heavily 20,000 plus unique visitors a month. So if, and And that's what those customers are not customers of ours. They're just people watching my YouTube videos going, Hey, I'd like to maybe buy that. And they click through or if they don't buy that, but they buy something else. I get paid on that as well. So that's how that um, works. You've been very successful. You know, people always say like, don't rely on social media to be your only outlet for content and everything else, you know, try to get people to your website. And I think you're a perfect example of what can happen if you're able to do that. You've built a community around your site, you know, as much or potentially more than your social media stuff to an extent. And how did I do that? I documented, I didn't create anything. And that's the the key is that through this process, I got burned out on creating. I could not create like, you know, those Opus videos that I was creating for so yeah. long, which people love, but they didn't generate any income. So no. it didn't matter. And it was like, you know what, if I want to continue doing this, I have to create a product or I have to do some something to, to yeah. make generate income. And then I just applied all those same principles, document, don't create towards that. And that's how we, we came to where we are today. So yeah. You know, uh, and here's full circle back on the podcast thing. There's so many good episodes of the clamp cast that discuss this exact thing, by the way, that are changing people's views on how they market online and everything. So that's why I love that podcast. And I want Grant and the guys over there to know that we are in good full support of their work. And I think it's important that everyone listens to it because it's so good. It not only is it so good, in fact, like from a data standpoint, it's so it's funny because, you know, if you know Grant even a little bit, you know, he's totally twisting the knife. Like when yeah. he says certain things yeah. and it's hilarious. I find him hilarious yeah. in, in a million different <laughs> ways. All right. Re- <laughs> I love it. So. All right. So switching over to our we're going to st- transition into the after show. We go to our patron messages and we pull up 
a question in those messages. And this question comes from a Justin Blauert, uh, B-L-A-U-R-E-T. He's been a patron for quite some time. Justin, we appreciate you. Um, He says, I have a question for the podcast. I've been making knives for a very long time, and I'm at the point where I feel like I have a quality that I am finally happy with. How do you reach your target audience and end buyer so that you can sell the product that you are making? Which is an excellent topic for the after show. And if you want to be included in the listen in part of that after show, all you have to do to go is go to patreon.com forward slash work for it. And for as little as $10.80 a year, you will be shocked, appalled. You will find, you will pull your hair out because you will be like, why didn't I think of that? This guy is a friggin' genius. Brian Cohn knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Smart. He's sexy. Ooh. He's gonna be off the market very soon. <laughs> Smart, sexy Getting with a married. sharp looking fire pit. That's <laughs> it, baby. You're gonna go, uh, man. I gotta hear what that guy has to say. So, boy, that's it. And we will yeah. answer your question in the after show, Justin. We appreciate you reaching out to us, and we appreciate you for listening and sharing. If you heard something funny today. Screenshot that shit and post it to Instagram. Tell all your friends. Tell your family. Tell your mother. Tell your father. Tell your uncle. Be a fire pit piece of shit. Be a fire pit (laughs) piece of shit. (laughs) Get yourself a dirty 30 in a fire pit. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love it. All right. Adios. We'll see you in the after show. Later.